Hello and welcome to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be coming at you with a quick episode of Galendra, Caller of the Wirewood, Brillin, the Moon Kraken, and the companion Karuga the Macrosage. and hello and welcome everybody back to thematic commander uh i'm glad you all were able to have that last episode with my co-host well co-host my friend sterling uh this week we're going to be going over just a real quick list um the main point of this list was i really wanted to try and get three quote-unquote cards into the exile section before the start of the game so i ended up going with uh brillin the Moon Kraken, and Golendra, Caller of the Wirewood, and then Karuga, the Macrosage. Macrosage. I went with these ones uh, because I really like the 6 CMC section. I'm usually just a giant Timmy. I love to put giant creatures into play, and they all have something to do with high CMC. And the main point of the deck is to really get cast creatures with high CMC, but having ways to reduce them. So we'll go over that when we go over the second section. Or when we go over in the deck tech. All right, let's get on to the lore. Is that Mr. Pig? No. What about him? Is that him? No. That's gotta be him. Stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. Mr. Pig, sir, this is a simple mystery. Mm. This is a simple misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. You come here unannounced on the day my daughter is to be married. Well, actually, we were brought here against our will, so... <laughs> Point is, I, I did not know that it was your car, and I certainly did not know about your daughter's wedding. Mm -hmm. I trusted you, Nikki. So we're going to start with Galenra. So Galenra, uh, Galenra's history. Galenra was a elf druid native to the Wirewood Forest located on Dominaria, continent of Ont o Otaria. History. Due to the influence of the Morari, Galandra had mutated into a green-skinned plant creature. When the Phyrexian invasion devastated much of Dominaria, many elves lost their families and homes. Upon hearing of the misfortune that befell his elven kin across the plain, he went on a journey. He traveled the world, spreading the word that the Wirewood had plenty of room for new residents. When the immigrants arrived, he made, his, he made it his mission to personally welcome each and every elf to his forest. If It was said by many that meeting Galenra made their forest feel truly like home. And then the next one is going to be Brillin. Brillin is a Zendikar moon kraken that rules the waters by bays of Akum. History. Brillin is a millennia-old moon kraken who rules the seas off the coast of Akum in Zendikar. He is, hard, he is hard of shell and possesses many claws and tendrils that have only grown stronger with age. All the lesser creatures of the sea obey Brillin, and the kraken demands tribute from each ship that passes through his territory. There is very little that Brillin fears, but Soren Markov is one of those things. 
Brillin demands tribute from Nyssa, Soren, and Anawan when they travel through the Eye of Ugin. Soren casually kills a goblin to satisfy the great creature. The tribute was found lacking, and Soren revealed his true nature to the creature. Brillin remembered Soren and was somewhat terrified to find him returning after so long, but would still not let them pass. Since Soren intimidation had failed, Nyssa ga gambled that her diplomacy might work. She spoke of Sutan, Sutan, the fallen leader of the Tajuru Elves, who had been friends with the Kraken. Greatly saddened by the news of his friend's death and discouraged by the return of the Eldrazi, Berlin finally acquiesced to leading them safely through the Crystal Reef. And then our last one is Karuga. Kruga is a legendary dinosaur hippo from the plain of Ikoria. Rael considered Karuga a great sage like herself, and she took the planeswalker Vivian Reed to a meeting with the monster. While she stared into the eyes of the immutable reptile hippo, Raska understood she was in the presence of mere infinite knowledge. The wisdom Karuga gave to the planeswalker was a simple grunt, guttural sound, but according to Vivian, that was everything she needed to hear. And that was all the lore on these three three different um, legends that we have in our command zone or in our companion zone. A little bit more about uh, Brillin. So based on his fr – this is just kind of trivia. Based on his friendship with Sutan, Brillin was an earlier iteration of Lorthos, uh, the Tidemaker. Apparently that was his original name in development, and it was changed for the final set – but the author, author of the accompanying novel didn't get the memo in time. So you actually get to see Breland as the um, precursor to Lorthos, which is the five blue, 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 eight, eight legendary creature octopus that also I think, I believe, fought Ulamog and lost in battle for Zendikar. But yeah, so that was all of our lore on those, on our three quote-unquote commanders, uh, we're going to go on to the deck tech. Right then, the meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. I am a nice shark, not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. Except stinking dolphins. Dolphins! So, we're here in the deck tech. So, I'm just going to go over real quick most of the cards. Any of the cards, since I want this to kind of be a little bit of a quicker episode, any of the cards that are more common to most commander decks, I'm not going to read over. I'm just going to say their names and say where they are in the categories. All right, so here we go. We're going to start with our commanders. So Brillin the Moon Kraken is 6 blue-blue, 6-8. Six, when, it, when it enters the battlefield or whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost 6 or greater, you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. And it also has partner. And we are partnering it with Galendra, Caller of the Wirewood, 2 and a green, Legendary Elf Druid, 1-2. It has the ability Tap. Add one green. When you spend this mana to cast a spell with converted mana cost six or greater, you draw a card. And then we have our last uh, kind of commander, our companion, Karuga. Two hybrid green-blue, hybrid green-blue, 5-4, legendary dinosaur hippo, companion. 
Its companion um, restriction is your starting deck can contain only cards with converted mana cost three or greater and lands. So, yes, the entire deck is going to have nothing but cards that are converted mana cost three or greater and are lands. There are going to be quite a few ways to cheat on mana cost, quote-unquote. Some abilities that give us mana a little bit earlier, allow us to start uh, things off a little bit more than turn three. And then we have a lot of big creatures that have reduced mana costs if you meet a certain condition. So I just really wanted to build around this restriction. I really wanted to have three things in my commander uh, starting deck just because I thought it'd be kind of cool to have that. So we're trying this out. Let's start with probably our most important section, which is going to be our ramp section. So we're going to start with Beanstalk Giant. Now, this is going to serve two purposes in our deck. The first one is going to be it has the adventure ability where you can pay two and a green, search your library for a basic land, put it into play. And then we have the actual Beanstalk Giant, which is six and a green. Uh, power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. So on the first end, we get to ramp with it. On the second end, we can either trigger our Berlin, the Mooncracken, or draw a card with Wirewood. Call it the Wirewood. Oh, my apologies. The reason we're playing uh, Karuga is because he also has, when he enters the battlefield, draw a card for each other permanent you control with converted mana cost three or greater. And we're hoping to have quite a few cards with converted mana cost three or greater. Uh, you'll find out that most of in most of our ramp section, we're not playing any ramp spells that strictly try to ramp one mana. It's either going to be it ramps more than one mana or uh, it has an effect that like draws us a card or something like that because it's going to be extremely important to that when we start on turn three, that we're ramping really hard up to turn five, six, and seven. So Coalition Relic. You don't see this around the tables a lot anymore, but it's three mana. It has the activated ability. Tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, or tap, put a charge counter on Coalition Relic. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, remove all charge counters from Coalition Relic and add one mana of that of any color for each charge counter removed. So this is just a card that when you put it down, say you don't need to use it for any reason that turn, you let the turn pass, end step of somebody else's turn, you put a charge counter on it, your turn, you're already up by two mana with your Coalition Relic. Next card we have is Cultivate, two and a green. Uh, it's basically Kadama's Reach. We play this because we need to make sure we hit our land drops every turn. Elvish Spirit Guide. Now this is another one. Two and a green, two, two. If Elvish Spirit Guide is in your hand, you may remove it from the game, add a green to your mana pool, play this ability only as an interrupt. So you can play it anytime. But this allows us to, if we have this in our opening hand, we get to start on turn two ramping with any of these ramp spells. So it's really good for that. Farhaven Elf, another thing that our Karuga can trigger off of, but it also searches up a land just like Wood Elves. Growth Spasm, two and a green. Sorcery, search your library for a basic land, put it into play, and then create a 0-1 Eldrazi token that allows you to sack it to add one mana to your mana pool. Just allows us to be up one extra mana when it comes time. Haro, uh, sacrifice a land, search your library for two basics, put it into play. Kadama's Reach, just like Cultivate. Omen of the Hunted, now this is just because I was trying to get that, that full amount of ramp in the package. Omen of the Hunt is two and a green flash. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic land, put it into play tapped. And then it also has the activated ability of two and a green, sacrifice it, scry two. So it's almost like drawing a card. Uh, rolling regrowth, just like Haro. Search for tomorrow. Now this is good for us because if we have this in our opening hand, it also allows us to kind of do some effects 
turn one. Um, two and a green sorcery. Search your library for a basic land. Put it into play. Then shuffle your library. Or it has one green suspend two. And as we go through your upkeep, you remove a suspend counter. When all the suspend counters are removed, you get to ramp. So this is just, it would get us, if you submit it on turn one, turn two, it removes a counter. Turn three, you finally get the ramp spell. Uh, but you'll be finally ramping at that point. Simic Locket. Uh, it has the activated ability hybrid green-blue, hybrid green-blue, hybrid green-blue, hybrid green-blue. Sacrifice it, draw two cards, and then it also adds a mana. Skycleave Relic. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this one, but it's three mana. It's Dark Steel Ignit, but it has a kicker ability. If you kick it, it adds, it creates two copies of itself. So later in the game, we get to ramp uh, up to three for nine, or for six mana. Uh, Springbloom Druid is the exact same thing as Haro, but on a body. Uh, Wayward Swordtooth. Now, this is the two and a green dinosaur from Rivals of Ixalan. It's a 5 5 Ascend. Uh, if you have the City's Blessing, you're able to attack or block with it. And then you can play an additional land each turn. Wood Elves is Wood Elves. Search your library for a forest, put it into play, and then shuffle your library. And then Worn Power Stone, three mana, comes into play tap, adds two colorless to your mana pool. Those are all of our ramp spells. Uh, we're going to move on to the cost reducing creatures so that we can get so we can get the triggers off of our commanders off of another legendary in this deck um, for a cheaper cost so allosaurus rider is five green green you may exile two green cards from your hand rather than playing allosaurus's mana cost so that's not going to trigger our color of the wirewood but it is going to trigger our uh, moon kraken and its power and toughness are equal to Equal to 1 plus the number of lands you control. Ancient Stone Idol. 10 mana. 12-12. Artifact Golem. Flash. So that's good. We'll be able to trigger it at instant speed. This spell costs 1 less for each creature attacking. So it doesn't have to be attacking you. And then when it dies, create a 6-12 construct artifact creature token with Trample. Avatar of Growth. Now, I like this card. I think it's pretty cool. Four green green for a four four. This spell costs one less to cast for each opponent you have. So it can cost up to, well, it could cost up to two green. But for the most part, it's probably going to cost you three mana. When it enters the battlefield, each player searches their library for up to two basic lands. Put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So they do come into play untapped. Avatar of Might, if an opponent controls at least four more creatures than you, Avatar of Might costs six less to cast. It's six green green for an 8-8 eight, eight Trampler. Now, for the most part, you will find it that one opponent, if they're like tokens, they'll probably have more creatures than you by turn three. So, if you, I mean, if you just want to have an 8-8 eight, eight for two on turn three... That might end up happening. Decimator of the Provinces. This is another 10 CMC cost creature. It's a 7-7. When it enters the battlefield... Or no, sorry. When you cast it, creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2, and trample until end of turn. It has trample and haste. So it's a Eldrazi boar. The one thing that I'm playing this for is it has emerge. So emerges 6 green, green, green. You may cast this spell site by sacrificing a creature... And playing the emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. So if we have something like a Wood Elves out, we can emerge 
Decimator of the Provinces for six mana instead of six, seven, eight, nine, instead of nine mana. Um, and then that'll tr also trigger both of our commanders, our companion, and other things in our deck. Uh, dig Through Time. Dig Through Time, six blue, blue, instant, delve. So you can exile cards from your graveyard to help cast the spell look at the top seven cards of your library put two of them into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order so berlin brillin the moon kraken triggers on casting spells it doesn't have to be creatures entering the battlefield same with the our caller of the wirewood those are just spells casting you get to draw your card off of that you get to return a permanent to an opponent's hand um doesn't really work with our companion but it also also helps just to be able to dig through time. Emrakul, The Promised End, 13 mana, 13, 13. Now, this one costs less for each card type in your graveyard. Uh, whenever you cast this spell, you gain control of target opponent's turn. Uh, after that turn, the opponent gets to take an extra turn. It has flying, trample, and protection from instances. So just a really nice giant creature. Galta, Primal Hunger, 10 and 2 green, so 12 mana total. For a 12 tell, this spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. And it could also have trample. So this can very easily be a 2, two green 10-12-12 uh, that triggers all of your commanders. Ghoul Tree, 7 and a green for a 10-10. Ghoul Trees cost 1 less for each creature card in your graveyard. So... Not a lot of the times is this going to probably be reduced by more than maybe two or three, but that's still a 10-10 for five. So a 10-10 for five is not too, too bad. Metalwork Colossus is a 11 mana 10-10. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control. We play a few non-creature artifacts, so we can actually reduce this quite a bit, which will be good. Mockery of Nature, 9 mana, 6, 5, emerge for 7 and a green. When Mockery of Nature, whenever you cast it, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. Utility in that sense, but also a nice way to get a reducer in. Primal Protector, Avatar, 10 mana, or 11 mana, 10 and a green, uh, 10, 10. It costs 1 less to cast for each creature your opponents control. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each other creature you control. So, also... Great cost reducer. Could just be something we can trigger really easily. The Great Henge, seven and a green. Costs less where X is the greatest converted man or greatest power among creatures you control. It has tap, add two green, gain two life. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on it and draw a card. Treasure Cruise is seven and a blue. Delve, draw three cards. Sorcery. And then our last reducing mana cost by itself card, uh, Wretched Griff. 7 mana, 3, 4. Emerge for 5 and a blue. When a, you cast it, you draw a card and it has flying. So yeah, a lot of these we're trying to... We're trying to combo these all with um, another card in our deck. Either a Rashmi, Eternity Crafter, uh, which is a 2 and a green, 2, 3. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than the spell, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Or put it into, or then put it into your hand. Um, so, obviously, if we can get any of the giant mana cost reducers out and hit any spell in our deck, we'll just get free spells one after another. 
And then we also have another legend in our deck, Emoti, Celebrant of the Bounty. Three green, blue, three, one. It has Cascade, so you can Cascade uh, where you hit the spell that's five or, or less than five. And then spells you cast with converted mana cost six or greater have Cascade. Now, you can run this as the commander instead, and I would suggest it sometimes because... Um, then you get to play those lower converted mana cost ramp spells. I would suggest trying to stay with um, land ramp spells and artifact ramp spells and not creature ramp spells. You can also play the enchantment ramp spells. Because creatures, I find, if you hit them with a cascade, um, if they're just mana ramp spells, it feels like a waste. Whereas if you hit a land or you hit an artifact, um, they have other ways to synergize with the deck. But also, I love this card. I think that card's great. Uh and if I wasn't trying to go for the three things in my command set, I would probably play that as the commander of this deck. So with that, we're going to get onto the just straight up big creatures section of our deck. Uh, Adrian of Treachery, five blue, blue, two, three. When it enters the battlefield, you gain control of target permanent. At the beginning of your end step, if you control uh, permanents, you if you control three or more permanents you don't own, you draw three cards. We don't usually get to that very often. Uh, Apex Devastator, eight. Green, green, 10, 10, Cascade, 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 <laughs> a Chimera Hydra. So it has one, two, three, four, five. it has five heads and we don't, we don't get that last iteration of Cascade. So what is that last head doing? Is it really even trying? Because the other ones, it must be the one that's like arguing with one of the other heads like, hey, why don't I get to Cascade? Anyways, um, oh, I forgot another Emerger uh, in my deck. We're also playing one last Emerge card in the Elder Deep Fiend. Eight mana, five, six, flash, Emerge for five, blue, blue. Whenever you cast this spell, tap up to four target permanents. Just tap up to four target permanents. Um, great if you're trying to go in for that last swing and um, get at your opponent's that last bit of damage with your giant creatures. We have Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma, uh, three and a green, four, four, three. Creature spells you control with power four or greater cost two less to cast. Whenever Terror of Calcisma attacks, each creature you control with power four or greater get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Most important text, I believe, or two most important texts on this are uh, reducing the cost of all of our creatures and then also giving the trample because a lot of our big creatures surprisingly don't have trample. Um, you could have our ancient stone idol, a 12... Oh, no, that has trample. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, we could have, like, Metalwork Colossus. Yeah, it's standing over all the buildings, but apparently it can't trample through any of them. So this helps us with that. Green Water Namorasa, four green green, five four. When it enters the battlefield... You may return a card from your graveyard to your hand. When it leaves, when it dies, you may exile it and return another card to your hand. So just a double eternal witness. Then we have Manglehorn. So Manglehorn's another one of those utility creatures. Two and a green, two, two. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature. Artifacts your opponent's control. Enter the battlefield tapped. Just a nice three mana card that kind of slows down our opponents too. Nazahal, Primal Tide, five blue, blue. Elder Dinosaur, it's a 7-7. This spell can't be countered. You have no maximum hand size. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card. Discard three cards, exile 
it, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of the end step. So this card just has so much text on it. The draw effect is great on it. Um, being able to discard cards that don't really matter um, and flashing it out to keep it from that wrath and the non-counterable ability really makes this card something I'd love to fit in any blue deck that I can. Okam Adversary? Adversary? So this was a card that we talked about with Sterling. It's like Green Bob. So it's three and a green, two, three. It costs two less to cast if your opponent controls a green permanent. It has death touch. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. So for the restriction on our companion, uh, this is a great way to also just have a two-drop spell um, that will gain us advantage throughout the game. So this is just a way to round that around that effect of our companion. Regal Behemoth, four green green. When it has trample, it's a five five. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Whenever you tap a land for mana, while you are the monarch, add one mana of any color that land produces. Sakashima's Protege, four blue blue flash cascade, three one. You may have Sakashima's Protege enters the battlefield as a copy of any permanent that entered the battlefield uh, this turn. So great spell, I guess, to cascade into. Thrax, the Sudden Storm. Two, nope, three, blue, blue, four, five, flash, flying. Spells you, you cast with converted mana cost five or greater, cost one less to cast, and can't be countered. So great flash in effect, great not, can't be countered, great mana reducing effect. Um, overall, just a really good protection spell. And then our last creature in this section uh, is Vorinclex's Voice of Hunger. Now, this is kind of a card that people don't enjoy playing against that much um, for a whole ton of reasons. One of the reasons is six green green, seven six trample. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produces. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. That does set up a delayed trigger uh, for your opponent's lands. If your opponents try, or if your opponents kill Vorinclex with any of that tapped land mana that they produce, it does stay tapped during their next untap step. All right, now onto our cheaty effects, how we're going to be cheating some of these giant creatures out. Lurking Predators, four green green enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, you may put that card onto the bottom of your library. So Lurking Predators, I've definitely had it where it saved my butt when my opponent was comboing off, but they did it through casting spells, and I was able to end up eventually just hitting... Uh, like a mangle horn to destroy their uh, dramatic reversal um, or anything like that. It also just creates so much value when you're just fil filtering through your deck continuously. Natural order, two green green sorcery as an additional cost to, s to casting natural order. Uh, sacrifice a green creature, search your library for a green creature, uh, reveal it. Oh no, just put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. So these... This card really combos very well with anything like our Finhorn Elves, our Wood Elves, our Spring Spring Bloom Druid, Wayfarers, Sword Wayfaring Sword Tooth. Uh, all of those cards combo really well with Natural Order. Just being able to on turn three play one of those 
one drop or those one one creatures sacrificing it going and get things like Vorinclex, or if you just want to create more value emoti celebrant of the bounty um Greenwater Marasso will be able to allow you to rebuy the natural order. So if you just want to keep getting natural orders turn after turn, great card to do it. See the unwritten. Four green green. Reveal the top eight cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield and then put the rest onto your graveyard. If you have Ferocious, which is if you control a creature with power four or greater, you may put two creature cards revealed this way instead. And you put the rest into your graveyard. So now... See the Unwritten and another effect, uh, other effects like Silvala Stampede and Summoner's Trap, kind of very similar effects. Uh, Silvala Stampede allows you to counsel's dilemma, and you can choose to put, and everybody votes to either allow you to put a card from your hand or a permanent from your hand into play, or to flip over cards from the top of your library until you hit a creature card. Uh, all of these are just, for the six mana, if you can hit something that's converted mana cost is even just seven, I feel like you've gotten what you wanted out of it. Summoner's Trap is nice because it's an instant speed. Um, and then we also have Turn Timber Symbiosis in four green, green, green. Uh, you t reveal the top seven, and you may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If it's converted mana cost was three or less, you put an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, and then you put them on the bottom, but this can also flip into a land. And those are all of our big cheating out effects that I um, like to play in big my big creature decks. Uh, onto our draw effects, we have uh, Balagued's Recovery, two and a green. Return a card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, it also flips into a land. Garrick's Uprising, two and a green. Enchantment uh, has a bunch of draw effects and also gives our creatures Trample, which is super important. Kiora Behemoth Beckoner, two, and a hybrid green-blue. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card. It also has the ability of minus one loyalty. It starts with seven loyalty, untapped target permanent. Seagate Restoration. Now, Seagate Restoration, you don't have to play. Uh, I like playing these land cards because they give me that second option. It's going to be hard to keep a lot of cards in your deck if you're not getting a lot of triggers off of your uh, Caller of the Wildwood or playing your Karuga. Um, but Seagate Restoration is four, blue, blue, blue. Draw a card equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game, but it flips into a land. All right, last few sections here. Uh, in Enchantments, I have Leyline of Anticipation because why not? You're playing blue, and it's great to be able to do things at instant speed. We have Evacuation, three... Or three blue blue instant return all creatures to owner's hands uh you can play cyclonic rift if you really want to but this is other ways to get more triggers off of things in your hand fierce guardianship two and a blue another way to kind of cheat our counter or our mana cost here uh if you control your commander you can play this spell without paying its mana cost counter target non-creature spell force of vigor uh you can discard it you can exile a green card from your hand rather than paying its mana cost and destroy up to, and only activate this ability if it's not your turn, destroy up to two target artifacts and or enchantments. And then our notable lands, I mean, we're playing a bunch of, um, the notable things we want to do in our lands is giving us something to do on turn two, uh, or getting us up to turn three on turn two. So here's a land that people might not be too familiar with, a tea deck. The Cloudkeeper, it's a legendary land. It enters the battlefield tapped, but it has the ability 
tap, pay two life, add two mana to your mana pool, spend this mana only to play legendary spells. So this will allow us to get our one of our commanders out on turn two and effectively allowing us to ramp again. Also, there's a lot of legendary creatures that converted mana cost is super high, so you're not going to really run out of things to cast with this. Terrain Generator just allows us to do certain, uh, put more lands into play. Nykthos Shrine to Nyx allows us to cheat on mana cost and ramp out a little higher. Majoring Network. Now, this is just something that we can do on turn two if we don't have any effects. Uh, you can pay one to put a storage counter on Majoring Network, and then you can tap it to remove any number of majoring or of charge counters on Majoring Network and add one colorless to your mana equal to the number of counters on it. Now, this one is a little expensive. You're probably not going to play it. Gemstone Cavern. Gemstone Cavern is a legendary land. Gemstone Cavern is in your opening hand, and you're not playing first, which will happen quite a few times. You may begin the game with Gemstone Cavern in play with a luck counter on it. If you do, remove a card from your hand from the game. And then it has the ability tap, add one mana to your mana pool if it has a luck counter on it instead add one mana of any color to your mana pool so this will allow us um anytime it's just basically a land but there's very few times when we're obviously not going to be on the play um we can gemstone cavern get to turn three on turn two and start ramping and get our games going Crystal Vein, another card that allows us to ramp. It taps to add one colorless to your mana pool, or you can sacrifice it and add two colorless to your mana pool. Castle Garenbrig just allows us to go from turn um, turn five to turn six, and it's just kind of a free ramp spell. Bonders Enclave allows us to draw a card if we control a creature with power four or greater for three mana. Uh, Ancient Tomb. Ancient Tomb, if you can get a hold of it, it's good. It taps to add two colors to your mana pool, but you take two damage. Also another way to go from turn two, or from turn one to turn three, um, right off the bat. And then Alchemist Refuge allows us to play uh, non-land cards this turn as though they had flash. And that's the entire deck. That's most of all the cards. That's how the deck plays. Uh, we're going to go on to how the deck plays now, and we'll go over it. She put my name on yellow heart. And either Sonic is a god Her favorite color like the stars Or could kill god I didn't listen very hard And I do not care if there is a difference she told me she was crazy from the start Alright, so How the deck plays So I played quite a few test hands I'm probably going to build this deck But you do end up getting out Getting to ramp pretty hard On turn 3 most games um, So a hand I just kept I got I got to get my uh, Cloud Keeper. It comes into play tapped, but then I will draw, and I'll play my Forest, and I get to get my first commander out on turn two. So there was really no slow motion on that. And then I'm holding in my hand a Natural Order, um, Greenwater Marasa, an Avacyn, or uh, a Avatar of Growth. Uh, next turn, I get to cast the Avatar of Growth, draw a card from my color of the wirewood and get to ramp to basic lands um so at that point i'm already off to the races uh we'll do one more test hand here uh gotta mulligan that all right so this is actually a pretty decent hand as well uh we start off with a ley line in play uh we'll start with a we'll draw our card for the turn a temple of mystery 
Botanical Sanctum to the bottom. Uh, we also have a Force of Vigor in our hand if our opponent tries going off too early. Uh, draw, land, draw. And then on turn three, we can cultivate, or we can Kadama's Reach on our opponent's turn. We could Sky Relic on our opponent's turn. Um, and then we also have our some of our payoff cards in Primal Protector. So I really like how this deck's been playing out. Uh, for the most part, you're going to find yourself... There are going to be a lot of hands where you're going to have to mulligan because you're going to have just way too many high CMC cards. Um, but the, for the most part, you should be able to ramp out some spell on turn four uh, because on turn three, no matter what, you can play your commander um, if you've just hit all your land drops from that. And then you'll start getting some of those cost reducers in, drawing cards off your commander, and it'll kind of start steamrolling like that, which is very nice. Uh, so with that, we're going to go into the budget section, uh, this deck. So let's go on to that. Oh, and just as a little heads up, um, the main purpose of the deck is really just to get giant threats out. And then when you have those giant threats out, uh, you're just basically asking your opponent to deal with it. So, no, honestly, did you not read the colony policy that defines you as company property that wavers your say in autonomy? The conglomerates got you in lock and key. We put the dollar back into idolatry. If you're upset, you can rent an apology. So, now we're on to the budget section. The total deck on Architect comes in at about $478. $478. With our four most expensive cards being things like Gemstone Caverns. Gemstone Caverns coming in at about $50. Now this is a card that you, you don't really have to play. Um, you don't have to play if you don't want to. I think there's a few lands that have charge counters that come into play that are green, and you can remove a depletion counter or something like that and add two mana to your mana pool. That allows you to go from turn one to turn three on turn two pretty easily as well um, in place of something like that, so that can knock off $50. Uh, Ancient Tomb. Ancient Tomb is coming in at around $40, so that's also pretty expensive. For what it is. Uh, Ancient Tomb. Again. I think there's. There's another. Green land. That can come into play. And you can remove a. Depletion counter or something from it. And add two mana to your mana pool. If you don't want to be playing. Expensive cards like that. Another expensive card is the Great Henge. Coming in at $40. Now that's kind of a hard one to. Justify not putting in. Because it's such a good card. So. I'm not sure. But. Yeah. Um. And then Vorinclex is like 30 bucks, which is actually not too bad for Vorinclex. But for the most part, I'm probably going to build this deck and we'll see how it plays. Emrakul also is about 40 bucks. Uh, these are cards that if they get a reprint, it'll be good to pick them up, but they're so expensive otherwise. So it's just up to you how you want to play it. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go into the outro. Ha! Yes. Nice. Okay, got it. Now you're ready to fight giant monsters. Yeah. I sure hope no fucking enormous. Oh, that's a huge Brandolin, the moon Creighton. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to thank everybody really quickly. I really wanted to make this kind of a faster, uh, faster episode. Um, just because, I mean, it's thematic in the sense that we're basically playing six CMC tribal. I think I had gotten this idea from another command cast or from another commander podcast that had said uh, that they wanted to try and find a way to play three commanders quote unquote being 
two being your commanders and one being a companion, um, and what color combinations match up with that. I'm sure there's a lot. If somebody could message me and tell me more partner commanders that link up well with a companion, uh, let me know. If you have a list, that would be awesome to send it to me. You can send it to me at WolfieMTG on Twitter or at WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. Those links will be in the show notes. You can also just Google me at Thematic Commander, and I should pop up either Twitter or um, just MTG Cast if you want to message me and talk about that or talk about anything you really like to. I think this is going to be episode 13. Uh, episode 14, I'm not sure what I'll do yet. Episode 15, I'd like to try and get another Commander Cast or another commander podcast uh host on to talk about some of their decks if you're out there listening please message me i would love to do a deck with you um but besides that we're going to say thank you again if you have any questions please feel free to message me i'm always available and keep it thematic one little voice <laughs>